Well, uh, folks, good morning. Uh, we continue our series on uh, life with Jesus. And uh, this morning I want to talk about going there, going there with him. And that will become really clear as we go on. But simply to say that this is a journey that we've been on for some time now. We have been uh, encouraging ourselves uh, individually, but also corporately as a church to return to the Lord, to return to the Lord with prayer and fasting and to uh, use this time, use this opportunity to draw close to him and allow him to work in our lives and through our lives. And simply to reiterate what we've said before, that this time that we're living in, this pandemic is in many ways altered and changed uh, the way in which we connect with each other and we connect with God and it's an opportunity to really reevaluate our lives and to invite Jesus to do what he wants to do in us and through us. Uh, many of you will know that uh, I got one of the, uh, I was going to say dreadful pings on the phone. Uh, maybe it's not necessarily dreadful, but uh, I was out, I think it was three Saturdays ago. Um, it might have been the fourth Saturday. I was out, just about to go for a run. And uh, I received the text message on my phone from Public Health simply to say um, you have been in close contact with someone you need to self-isolate for 14 days. I was like, oh no, nightmare, nightmare. And it was just this thought of I am going to have to spend two weeks in my own home. I'm going to go nuts. And uh, for those of you who know me, you know that I like activity. You know that I like being and doing and what have you and um, you know I like activity I like productivity I like social connection and I get a sense of worth and accomplishment through doing stuff and being with people and all that stuff and I think a lot of that can be really healthy and can be wholesome but actually there's a part of it if I'm really honest that can somehow sometimes mask uh, a more turbulent world in my inner world that's going on and you can imagine that the thought or the prospect of 14 days in, in uh, self-isolation uh, forced me to my sweet spot of silence and solitude. It's an area that I've talked about before and an area uh, that Jesus has invited me into many times before. If I'm really honest, I don't like that space. I don't like the quiet. And part of that is because it provokes in me feelings emotions and thoughts that are sometimes unpleasant, uh, sometimes centered around fear of the future and sometimes just fear of, of the past and uh, fear of the uncertain. Uh, when we're busy, when we occupy our time, when we're full of activity, it keeps us from those rotten kind of turbulent feelings. And uh, we might call that word distraction. But with this 14 days, it gave me the opportunity. Uh, it forced me to go there, to go to places uh, that I would rather not go to. And so today's message, as I've already said, is going there, going there with him. And to help put us in this, uh, uh, the context of this, I want to uh, refer to a really familiar passage that we know. It's the story when Jesus goes for tea at uh, Martha's house and together with, his, with her sister Mary, uh, we have this story. We find it from Luke chapter 10, starting at verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. 
She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister's left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it'll not be taken away from her. This story is about hospitality. It's about inviting someone round for some food. And if you've heard the story many times before, you'll know how it unfolds. What we've just read there, that Martha gets the hump because she's doing all the work and she's, she's away busying herself. Whereas her sister, Mary, is actually foregoing what traditionally and culturally would have been uh, her norm, would be to prepare the food as a woman as well with Martha for the man and the rabbi teacher who'd come to visit. Instead, Mary chooses what would be culturally in those times more given to a male, and that was to sit as a student in the presence of a rabbi, listening to the words that Jesus said. Now, uh, the word that Jesus uses here is, to Martha is that she is distracted. And, 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 and in many ways, it wasn't the problem that she was doing all the work and providing the food wasn't the issue. That wasn't the problem. I mean, uh, being hospitable and caring for, uh, for strangers as well as for neighbors is something that Jesus clearly uh, encouraged and promoted. But the word here that Jesus uses, distracted, in verse 40, uh, is the word perispeto has the connotation of being pulled and dragged into different directions. And so Martha's, uh, where she was at fault was simply she was being distracted. Distracted from the one key component of hospitality. And that is to give attention and to be present to her guest, which was Jesus. Chantelle and I, whenever we have folks around for tea, which uh, or dinner, which seems like a long time ago now. Um, but whenever people come, guests come, we cook the food, we present the food. Uh, a kitchen and uh, dining space is kind of the same area. And uh, we have food together, we enjoy company and what have you. And usually at the end of the meal, uh, usually I go into action stations because I don't like mess. I like to uh, clear the table, clear the plates, the knives, forks, all the stuff. And uh, what I tend to do is I busy myself by washing up, where Chantel then spends the rest of her time with our guests, whoever they are, having conversations. She gets annoyed by this. She gets upset by this. And uh, I, I totally understand why she does, but let me tell you why I do what I do. I like to clean up because I don't like to have to clean up when our guests have gone home at the end of the day. And uh, I know if Ivan Skinner's watching, you're the same. And I'm sure there's plenty of others like me, like you, you're just the same. You don't like the mess. But actually what Chantelle demonstrates is right. She, she gets annoyed that I do this. Why? Because actually I'm neglecting and foregoing the conversation with our guests. And in many ways, it's, it's a bit rude, really. And I hate admitting where I'm at fault. And Chantelle on my left side here, she's nodding. I can even see her out the corner of my eye. Despite these very focal lenses, I know that she is loving the fact that I've just confessed that to us. 
the one thing that Martha needed at that time was to give her presence to Jesus like her sister Mary was. Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you're worried and you're distracted by many things, but there's only one thing. That one thing was to be in Jesus' presence, to listen to his words and to sit at his feet and to receive from him. And so this morning, as we unpack this together, I wonder if we would hear Jesus' words to us in that moment. It wasn't a rebuke to Martha, and it's not a rebuke to us, but more as an invitation to draw near to him. And so would we substitute our own name to what Jesus says? Paul, Paul, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. And so back to my experience, my self-isolation. At first, I experienced a familiar feeling, an emotion of, of, of just a sense of unease or, or dis-ease. I feel it sometimes physically, actually, that knot in my stomach or that feeling, that sort of heaviness on my chest. Of, it's just something not right begin to have unwanted thoughts of, of just fear of what could be, what might happen. And then many of this stems back to a, to a turbulent childhood, something that I've shared on uh, many other occasions before. But this time I've nowhere to go. I've nowhere to run. I can't really busy myself. I'm really stuck in one particular room in the house. And so I had to go there. But I didn't just go there alone. I went there with Jesus. And something that really helped me during those two weeks was reading. Something again that I'm uh, something slightly averse to, um, but I spent some time reading a couple of books. And the first book, which I'll come on to in a bit more, was a book called Boundaries of the Soul. And its subtitle is How to Turn Your Overwhelming Thoughts and Feelings into Your Greatest Allies. The other book was a book on leadership by Brenny Brown called Dare to Lead. And I simply picked this up because it was, it was beside Chantel's side of the bed, to be honest. And I thought, oh, that's a good, that looks like a good book, Brenny Brown. I've, I've listened to her podcast or the, the TED Talk and, and uh, boy, she's got some incredible things to say. I thought that's going to be really helpful for me in leadership and all the rest. Well, I had no idea how helpful it was going to be in terms of uh, helping me go there, in terms of unlocking uh, my fears, my past, and helping to lead from a much more wholesome and whole way. She retells this brilliant story from the Star Wars movie, The Empire Strikes Back, and she's actually referred to it in another one of her books as well. And uh, she retells this bit where Luke Skywalker has gone to these dark swamps to continue his Jedi training. And Luke's there with Yoda. And uh, Yoda's the Jedi master who's training him in the ways of the Force. And uh, Luke sees this, sees this cave, it's this dark cave, and, and, and he has this dis-ease, this feeling about there's something not quite right here. And uh, he says, there's something not right here, I feel cold, I feel death. But Yoda explains that the cave is dangerous and strong with the dark side of the force. Luke is confused and afraid, but Yoda says to him, In you must go. 
Now, Yoda, I think, probably had a bit of uh, Irish in him. Uh, I mean, in fact, he had a lot of Irish in him. He was green in color. But, uh, but not only that, but Yoda had this kind of, uh, this confused way of speaking the English language. You know, there was just grammatical incorrectness. And so when he says, in, you must go, um, it's just part of the charm, right? It's part of the, the art. So I think there was a bit of Irishness in, in Yoda. But then Luke asks, what is in the cave? And Yoda says, only what you take with you. Inside of this dark cave presented before Luke, what is in the cave is only what he takes into the cave. Luke prepares to go in, reaches for his lightsaber, and Yoda says, your weapons, you will not need them. Another wonderful uh, pronunciation. But Luke takes, his Luke, uh, Luke takes his lightsaber with him nonetheless. And in there, if you remember the scene, if you're a Star Wars fan, you'll remember that he goes into the cave and there before him is his enemy, Darth Vader. They have this duel and eventually Luke cuts what he believes to be uh, Darth Vader's head off. On the ground lay before him, the face mask of Darth Vader disappears and Luke Skywalker, looking down, sees his own face before him. This metaphor, this parable, I found so helpful. The dark cave is fearful. We don't really want to go there. We don't really want to enter into it. What we find there is what we take in. In this case for Luke, it was his fear. His fear of Darth Vader. That's what he found in the cave. It's an invitation, though, to go there, to confront what's inside. And Yoda uh, commended or encouraged Luke not to take his lightsaber in with him because actually it was, it was uh, what his actions that actually showed him what was there before him. We have this invitation to enter into this cave. We don't take a lightsaber, but we go in there with Jesus. Brené, in her book, quotes a man called Joseph Campbell. He said, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. The cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. And so to the other book that I found so helpful, so enlightening, that, that encouraged me to go there, was Boundaries for Your Soul, turning our overwhelming thoughts and feelings into our greatest allies. A way of introduction, just a few snippets from it. They begin by saying that we're all wounded. We're a product of our past. We develop patterns to suppress pain and get on with it. They quote Henry Nguyen, a part of you was left behind very early in your life. The part that never felt completely received. It is full of fears. Meanwhile, you grew up with many survival skills, but you want yourself to be one. And some of us simply suppress the pain. We busy ourselves. We do other things to avoid actually going there. For some of us, we reason with ourselves. I just need to get over it. However, uh, we rather avoid our pain. We avoid our unwanted thoughts, our emotional feelings. What we can do is begin to befriend them instead. It sounds counterintuitive that we would actually choose to go there. We'd rather run away from them. But actually, 
those thoughts, those feelings, those emotions, they have something to teach us. They have something to tell us. If we would but have the courage together with the person of the Holy Spirit to go there. Our thoughts, our feelings, our souls, that part of our soul needs to be heard, to be honored, to be understood. Instead of seeing them as our problem, as if we befriend them, they become our greatest ally. Like Yoda, in we must go. Now folks, if you've been around us for any time, you'll have heard this sort of message before. This is something that I think, as we pondered our 10-year history as a church, that we began to realize is a real hallmark, it's a real strength of what we sense God has for us as a church community. It's this whole area of emotional health and well-being. We've said time and time again that in order to be spiritually mature, we need to be emotionally mature as well. They kind of go hand in hand. And unless we're prepared to, with, uh, with the presence of Jesus, the presence of friends, and sometimes with the help of uh, professionals to go there, we will, uh, our spiritual growth will always, always be hampered. It'll always be cut short. We must together go there with him. So whether this message is new to you or that you've been around us for some time, I guarantee right now I have your attention. You're thinking, you're feeling, perhaps. Okay, okay, you've got my attention. What do I do? What do I do? Because I think many of us just feel stuck. We feel stuck with the status quo. We've, we've been so used to living our lives the way that we live them. We avoid this. We embrace that. And we just don't know what to do. And perhaps some of you thinking, feeling, just tell me what I need to do. Well, the bad news is there's no quick fix. There's no golden bullet. There's no magic pill. But the good news is that we have a savior. His name is Jesus. He's the good shepherd that leads us into life with him in all its fullness. And surprise, surprise. He is the one who's inviting us to go there with him. He does this by his Holy Spirit. I want to read to us just two passages where Jesus talks about the person of the Holy Spirit. It's from John chapter 14 with uh, two separate passages from the same chapter. It really helps us understand the person and the role of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, before his death, is preparing his disciples and he says these words. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Then in 25, all this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. 
Another word for advocate in other translations is counsellor. And it's through the power of the Holy Spirit that changes us. Jesus preparing his disciples saying, I've been with you, I've taught you, I've shown you the way to the Father. But I'm going to be with the Father, I'm going to leave you. But I don't leave you alone. You are not alone. Because the Holy Spirit's going to come and the Holy Spirit is going to remind you of what I've said. He's not going to remind you of what I've just said through the, through the Word and what we read in the Word of God. But he's going to add to that as well. He's going to speak tenderly. He's going to speak directly. He's going to speak specifically to each and every person. If we would but wait and be in his presence and listen and be attentive to his voice, his still small voice. Can we see the contrast here between Jesus' words to Martha and Jesus' words later to the disciples and to us who read it today? To Martha, he says, you're distracted and worried. But in these words in John's gospel, he says, my peace I give you. We don't want the worries. We don't want to live in this inner turmoil. We don't want to keep stressing out and letting everything in our lives just get a hold of us and control us and affect the way that we live our lives. If we live our lives uh, attending to and living through the fears that come into our lives, they're the things that control us. And our emotions can be fleeting and often not trusted. But if we would just tune in to what God is saying and receiving his peace, we begin to live the lives really that we truly want. Busying ourselves when God is simply inviting us to rest and abide in him. Uh, the rest of the book uh, has some really constructive and helpful steps uh, in order for us to, to go there. And uh, I'm on step four. And uh, there's no point me kind of explaining what all those steps are because it's a personal journey. I can't, uh, I can't enter into your cave. Only you can do that. But again, you enter your cave, not alone, but you go there with Jesus. And he is inviting you to do that during this time, during these opportunities that we have to go there with him.